Hey guys, this is Steph in Cleveland, goalkeeper with the Seattle Sounders, and this is Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Today we are at our 87th episode, and you'll realize pretty quickly this isn't Chuck. Uh, I'm filling in with Omari here to take lead on this pod. Uh, Chuck's out. So we're just going to nail this down. The show must go on. We're going to be following pretty much the same format, so we'll have some familiarity there. We're starting out with the Seahawks. So, of course, we're in the offseason. There's some news I'm sure everybody has heard, but let's start with a little bit of good news. Um, Bobby Wagner partnered with the HBCU Legacy Bowl. This is a multi-year partnership with the bowl game, so... uh, Bobby Wagner kind of taking point on community outreach with the Seahawks right now. Um, and we have a little bit more news chronologically uh, about the Seahawks partnering with some community outreach. But to start with that, now the other news, former Seahawk, of course, Richard Sherman on uh, July 14th was uh, arrested at his wife's parents, his in-laws residence in Redmond, Washington early Wednesday that, um, that story broke later the next morning, uh, or later that later, morning, I should say. The Redmond Police Department chief said that he was facing charges of suspicious, uh, or of resisting arrest and malicious mischief, and also there are possible charges of, um, I think, domestic violence, but I don't know how much. I, I don't believe he's facing those charges anymore. I think those might have been dropped. We'll see how that goes as his sentencing continues. Um, There are also possible misdemeanor DUI and hit and run charges related to a separate incident. As far as we know, these could be intertwined incidents as we know he was uh, under the influence as he drove to his in-laws residence during the incident. Sherman sustained minor lacerations to the lower leg and ankle as a result of an encounter with a canine police dog unit. Um, I think I want to spare most of the gory details. I, I, I will point out that there were multiple calls to 911 made regarding Sherman and the police response did not come until he was already in the act of disturbing the in-laws house. So there was a call made before he left his residence. There was a call made while he was on the way to the residence. The first one is at 1.26 a.m. The second one, I believe, was only minutes later. Um, And right away, pardon me, I just knocked something over my desk. But right away, we should know, and I think it's important that we on this podcast know, because we're a part of the sports media, that the way the media handled this on the 14th was poor poor yeah it was an all-around media circus a lot of claims were being made that were either sourced from the police department or sourced from quote-unquote inside uh insiders you know just insiders period and that resulted in a lot of error of communication first off calling richard sherman's wife his ex-wife um kind of a big detail to gloss over don't know how you get that one wrong Um, and then from there on out, it kind of cascades into this misinformation of what exactly was going on, who exactly was in danger and, um, just the entire situation as a whole was painted in a different light than it seems like what the reality of it was. 
Um, so he left the he left his vehicle after he arrived, and the police got there. Uh, he tried to break into the house. He tried to gain entrance to the wife's parents' residence in Redmond. The only issue was it was locked, so he was trying to break his way in. The officers tried to calm Sherman down by building a rapport with him. One mentioned that as a teenager, he actually worked as a valet in Park Sherman's car, and Sherman was reportedly joking along with them, but kind of uh, refusing to, to, to back down. And eventually the probable cause for the arrest itself and for that charge of resisting arrest. Um, and I want to stay as neutral as possible here, so I won't use any words uh, that don't come from Chuck's notes, but he started to walk away and increased his pace where then the canine unit was dispatched. Uh, so from from the police reports, just raw police reports, I'm not interjecting here, it sounds like Sherman walked away, they sticked a dog on him, chewed up his leg, they arrested him. So there you go. Take that as you will. I don't want to interject anything just because I thought the media did the same thing. We can take further analysis after I finish with just the facts. Finally, that night, his wife finally came out with a statement on Twitter stating that nobody was harmed other than Richard himself. He was in a physical altercation with her uncle. That was it. No one was harmed during that altercation. He was just trying to stop him from leaving the house. Didn't succeed. The kids were not harmed. No one was harmed. The next day, he was released from jail, um, a conditional release, no bail held in kind of accordance with Washington state law of domestic violence charges. Um, however, because no one was hurt, I think that was a conditional release. Sherman posted an apology statement on July 16th. I'll read that right now. Um, I am deeply remorseful for my actions on Tuesday night. I behaved in a manner I am not proud of. I have been dealing with some personal challenges over the last several months, but that is not an excuse for how I acted. The importance of mental and emotional health is extremely real, and I vow to get the help I need. I appreciate all of the people who have reached out in support of me and my family, including our community here in Seattle. I am grateful to have such an amazing wife, family, and support system to lean on during this time. So... Uh, let's get, I'll do the sentencing real quick. It was announced that he is facing five misdemeanor charges. So some pretty serious things he's fronted with, uh, criminal trespass in the second degree, malicious mischief in the third, resisting rents, DUI and reckless endangerment of roadway workers. That was because he drove through an area with construction on it. He pleaded not guilty to all five charges. So, um, you know, there'll be a court case. I'm sure, and that'll be heavily publicized as well. The DUI, the mis- the misdemeanors are punishable up to a year in jail, pretty much, and a $5,000 fine. The other ones are simple misdemeanors, so it depends on what the sentencing goes there. So I want to first say, like we said before, the way the media handled this was abysmal. Poor. Yeah, poor, yeah. incorrect. Um you could use any negative word and I think that would work with it. I want to say in particular, Dory Monson who leaked the nine one one audio. Uh, I mean, to speak frankly, Dory Monson's a plague on Seattle media and just shouldn't, shouldn't be affiliated with the Seahawks in any way. Richard Sherman loosely affiliated with the Seahawks at this point, former Seahawk, huge staple here in Seattle. Uh, but Dory Monson breaking the story, 
uh, of the 911 call leaked where his wife is in obvious distress. The whole family is in obvious distress is gross and not proper journalism. Uh, these are people. These are living people. These are people who are in court. Um, and releasing that doesn't make sense. You try to get a scoop off of somebody's personal trauma. Trauma. Exactly. It's I mean, obvious. That's a problem with like journalism, though. It's like everyone throws out their moral code when they think they can get a big scoop and a big story. So. Exactly. And um, that's putting everything else with Dory Monson aside. I, I can I can do that for this story because I think this is egregious enough for me to double down on that. Um, I don't know if you've listened to the audio, Amari, but like. No, I, I usually choose to, you know, you said your words about it. And uh, when me you and Chuck were talking about it and, uh, you know, I decided not to really see what was going on with that. Yeah. And I think that that was the right move. It is obviously, I mean, it's the whole family in a place of distress, um, but it did reveal some things. And I, I don't want to go into those things because those things I believe and I hold that they are private. So, um, if you want to take the call, listen, go for yourself and do that. But I think it doesn't have a place here. Aside of that, um, this does to me raise some eyebrows as to how the police handled it and to how the judges will handle it. Um, he's a prolific athlete in Seattle, but not only that, he's a prolific black athlete in Seattle. Um, so this is a, I think this is actually a pretty keystone moment to see how the public reacts to whatever happens next and to see how the media reacts and to see how the police react and the legal system. I mean, I think it's really important to acknowledge, uh, other domestic violence cases that we see in the NFL Agreed. and how those are handled. Agreed. So, and it's just, it's different because, you know, now it's in Seattle and we know Seattle handles stuff a lot differently than you would see like in a, you know, Pittsburgh or Kansas city. So, right. I don't I don't know what this is going to look like because this is definitely like a different legal system than we see in other places where you see domestic violence with uh, athletes. And uh, Sherm himself is a free agent. So he's not bound by any team. He can't get suspended by any team. He can't get benched by any team. But the NFL can take action if they need to, if they want to. I don't see him getting signed. And if he does, I see it like – you know, he's taking a major pay cut to the highest, you know. Yeah. And since. now looking at this as a wider league scope, I think it'd be ironic if Sherm gets blacklisted anyway, um, because in terms of domestic violence, and I don't want to, I don't want to reduce mm. the experience of anybody here, but I will say no one was harmed in this incident. And he has multiple witnesses to back up that no one was harmed in this incident. And if you look at his actual charges he's facing, none of them are actually about the domestic violence. I think those were all dropped. So no, I think this is a genuine just fault in his character. I mean, I feel like we've seen him do a lot as like a person ever since he's like busting into the NFL, you yeah. know, especially his time in Seattle. And, you know, I feel like he acknowledged that he made a mistake and I feel like he's fully accepted like the possible consequences for his actions. You know, I don't think there's no need to, butcher him like how the media is probably going to yeah i'm holding my breath as to how a show like skip and shannon uh will handle this going forward 
because there is a distinct issue across all media presenters in the NFL as to how they respond to mental health in the NFL, to domestic abuse in the NFL, and to just overall legality in the NFL. There's a lot of interesting intricacies there where people will take entertainment value over actual conversation. So uh, moving forward, it'll be really interesting to see how the Sherman story unravels. No, it definitely will. Um, so let's get to... Ah, wait. In some positive Seahawks news. Yeah, the positive stuff. The Seahawks recently donated $31,000 to the Youth Achievement Center that's being built in uh, South Seattle, which is supposed to help, like, uh, just house youth and educate them. It's supposed to be just a real nice pillar point in the community. Yeah. Uh, in the South End. So that should be cool. That should be cool. And that, I mean, what did we talk about with the Mariners last week? Put your money where your mouth is. And I think that, I mean, if you're from Seattle, which I imagine a decent amount of our listeners are, uh, you know that South Seattle is a place that, I mean, it could use the help. Um, it's a place that, I mean, it's near and dear to both of our hearts. It's it's nearby where we both grew up predominantly throughout high school. So, I mean, that's great that the mayor, uh, pardon me, the Seahawks are doing that. And I appreciate that kind of... Um, Gesture. It's a nice gesture. gesture. It's a nice. Could they be doing more? Could all the sports teams be doing more? Absolutely, in my opinion. However, I'll really take this, and I think I really am appreciative of it, and I think um, people should be appreciative of it because it is a cool move. It's a very cool move. Very cool move. Um, That paired up with Wagner's HBCU thing. I mean, you can tell that this team cares about the communities that they are part of. And you can tell that they foster an environment where their players also care about the communities they're a part of. Look at Marshawn. Look at Russell. I mean, they do great things for the communities they either came from or are currently in. All right, now for the gross stuff. Coronavirus updates. Yuck. Uh, two teams are under the 50% vaccination threshold, and I don't know if we're completely survived, uh, surprised about that. Um there are four teams that are in the lowest vaccination rates. Those are the Chargers, the WFT, the Washington football team, the Colts, and the Cardinals. Uh, they didn't reveal who is the who are the two teams under the fifty percent. Um, I bet I could guess. <laughs> I'm just gonna say if you look at the teams, we got California, Arizona, DC. Indiana, and DC. I think DC is a bit shocking, but California, Indiana, and Arizona, not shocking at all. I would say yeah. it's the Colts and Cardinals or the Chargers. I would say it's the Colts and Cardinals, maybe the Colts and Chargers. Yeah. Because if you look at interviews and stuff, the Chargers are weird because uh, Herbert said he was vaccinated. And then somebody, I, I don't, don't want to speculate too much because I want to play into the rumor mill, but it, it it's interesting to see the teams that aren't quite up to snuff. Glad the I mean, Seahawks like, aren't one of them. Okay, I feel like when you're a professional athlete, yeah, you got a role because, like, you know, you got the spotlight on you. But I feel like you're more of a regular person than any other, like, sort of like, you know, how like there's like celebrities and stuff, and they like, you know, yeah. they got to lead by example. But I feel like athletes, they got they get a lot more pressure to lead by example, and it's kind of weird situation where you know it's like 
I don't know, like a lot of sports are dominated by like black athletes. And then, you know, there's a large part of the black community that doesn't really support getting the vaccine. So it's just weird to see. And even then you got players like uh, who's on the bills. Uh, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley or who, who was on the Vikings? Uh, Kirk Cousin? He's a natural selection. Oh, so I don't know. Um, you look at what these people say and you can tell who maybe has a little more credence, you know? Uh, black athletes, a little more understandable why they, there would be some vaccine reluctancy there. Uh, Cole Beasley, who uh, kind of is just making stuff up, seeing what sticks. I don't know. Maybe the vaccine will get you a little taller, bud. I don't know. Maybe you can ride those rides at Disneyland, Cole. Sorry. Uh, man, probably can't even ride the Millennium Falcon ride. That sucks, Cole. <laughs> That sucks, Cole. Uh, but um, in other sports news, the Seattle Mariners. I normally don't talk about this, but today I'm doing it. Yeah, the Mariners are doing good. Um, they just got off of a series with the Angels of Anaheim, and uh, they won the series. It just we had three games this week, just because we're coming off that all star all star break. Wait, 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 wait. Is there like another group of Angels? No, so the Los Angeles Angels are not actually in L.A. Oh, that's why it's of Anaheim? Yeah, they're the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. So yeah. really, they're the L-A-A-A-A. L-A-A-A. L-A-A-A. The L-A-A-A. Triple-A, like the car insurance? Yes. So we played them three times. Won the series. We won two to one. Uh, the first game, July 16th, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. We were down there. Uh, we won 6-5. to five. Actually, that game looks a lot closer than it really was. I think we were winning 6-1 to one at some point. Our uh, ninth inning was a little rocky. We have two players of games from Chuck, and I agree with both of them. Right fielder Mitch Hanniger with three hits, three runs, and two RBIs. He almost hit for the cycle, almost hit a, a single, double, triple home run. He only hit a single, double home run. Triple, pretty renowned as one of the hardest things to hit in baseball. Um, split up with player of the game, pitcher Chris Flexen. If you want to know about Chris Flexen, check out our blog. I just posted an article about him on there. Um, Big uh-huh. Uh-huh. No? Yeah. yeah? No? They no. used to call him Flex in high school. Um, mm. Seven innings pitch, six hits, one run, one earned run. One base on balls and two strikeouts. I will tell you this right now. Remarkable. Getting up such a knockout game and only have two strikeouts. Yep. <laughs> I mean, super cool. Super cool. The dude, the dude pitches to contact in a way that really works for him. He hits a lot of ground balls or he pitches into a lot of ground balls, pitches in a lot of double plays, uh, has one of the higher double play percentages in the league. He is an all round efficiency pitcher, which I think I really enjoy. Um, so looking at July 17th, this was a bit of an odd one. We lost 9-4. to four. Player of the yeah. game goes to shortstop J.P. Crawford. Good to see him break out a little bit. He's been having a tough middle of the year. J.P. Crawford hit uh, three times, one run and one base on balls. This was a messy game. Um, um, what does based on balls mean? Uh, yeah, four balls, walk. It's a walk. Oh, okay. Um, so look at this game. It was weird. We were playing our one of our better pitchers, our all-star, our sole all-star, Yusei Kikuchi, um, going up against. Oh gosh, I don't, I don't want to mess this up. I think his name's Cobb. Uh, but 
if there had to be a player of the game on the other side, it'd have to be Dave Fletcher, who dropped five runs on us and um, made us look like idiots. He's actually hitting five. I think he ended up hitting something like seven for ten uh, during this week of playing games against the Angels. He was a beast this week. Um, just routed us and. Uh, that game again, kind of closer than it actually looked. I think at some points we were losing six to one as well. July eighteenth, we won this one seven to four. This was a Logan Gilbert start, and my goodness, that kid lighted up. I can call him a kid because I think he's our age. Uh, <laughs> we had the player of the game, first baseman Ty France, really coming out of his shell after the All Star break and continuing his uh, power hitting streak. He hit uh, three hits, two runs, three RBIs, including a three-run homer. Ty France, um, one of the better stories coming out of the Mariners, just a really fun guy to watch. We traded for him from the Pirates, I believe, and he's just been killing it ever since he got here. Player of the week, uh, Chuck has Mitch Hanniger because he had 12 at-bats, five hits, four runs, one double, two home runs, six RBIs, 12 uh, 12 bases, one walk on a 417 average. 417 average is three games is pretty darn good. My computer's telling me to restart to install Windows updates, but we're simply not going to do that right now. You sure? Yeah. Corner podcast. Can't do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great player of the week. I'm going to give mine to Logan Gilbert. Uh, just had a fantastic game against the Angels. The only thing I wish is that he stayed in the game longer. I kind of get why he didn't. He's a young guy. No real need to push that issue. Um, but to give up four hits in that span, pretty good. Uh, he's, he, he did pretty well, and I think that this is a really good sign for what's going to come next for the guy. Uh, he is a super young prospect, just got called up this year, and we're looking at him pitch nine strikeouts. Um, so to me, that's just, I mean, you got to be happy with that. He only gives up one double, doesn't give up a home run. I mean, the, the dude's killing it in terms of reducing the power ball. Um, his whip is actually pretty ridiculous. I think he's sitting at a pretty high whip. It's a or a pretty low whip, a point nine eight one, uh, over the entire season. He had a one point one after that game, uh, for that particular game, but that's still way below league average. So you're looking at something special with this guy. So I think I'm gonna give it to him. I'm a big numbers guy when it comes to pitchers, and I just haven't really mentioned it a whole lot because I didn't want to eat up a bunch of time. But we have a little more time today. Um. Seriously, he is a he is a stunning pitcher, and I, I'm really excited to see how he does. Amari, um, do you have a player of the game? Oh yeah, man! I the really uh, sorry. I really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> baseball. Baseball. I'll baseball. say Mitch Haniger for you because he had a yes. I, I like Mitch Haniger. Um. Right field. Right field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mitch, I hope he stays with the team. I'm a little concerned. I don't think he'll be trade bait because I do think we need him for the rebuild. But we'll see. 
Injury news. Ba -ba -da -ba. This is bad. Evan White, season-ending surgery. Uh, so, labrum surgery on his hip, gone. That'll be pretty big. First base is kind of a question mark. Ty France is killing it there, but with the platoon we've been going with, it'll be interesting to see who rotates in and out of that position while also looking at the field. Uh, will Kelnick stay up in Seattle? Will we see him go back to Tacoma? I don't know. Um, we've just been platooning pretty much every position other than shortstop, right field, and third base. Uh, it's a little disconcerting. So we'll see what happens at first. Justin Dunn is apparently 10 days away from getting on the mound. That's big news. We'll get a starter back, which is um, uh, pretty groundbreaking for us. If we go back down to that fifth man or five man rotation, we won't have a bullpen day anymore with Justin Dunn back. That'll be great. Justice Sheffield started throwing today um, or on July 16th, so three days ago. Not great news because he's really bad at pitching. Sorry, Chuck. I don't know if that's what you wanted me to say there. Uh, Casey Sadley continuing his rehab assignment. It'll be good to get some depth back. Team news. All-star game. Uh, you say Kikuchi pulled himself out of the all-star game. Uh, he said he wasn't in a position to pitch in the game. I don't know what that means, quite frankly. I don't know if he just didn't think he was up to snuff. But he was announced with the team as an all-star, and I do believe he got to sit in the dugout. So good for him. Got to be in the dugout yeah. vibes. Vibing. He just vibed. I mean, honestly, you got to be with your friend, uh, Shohei. Um, you got to be with a couple other guys from around the league that I'm sure you're tight with. So, Are they friends? Uh, allegedly. Allegedly, they're friends. They went to the same high school, just a couple years apart. Um, so... There's a connection there. And um Do they both it, come straight to the MLB or did they play somewhere else before? So Shohei went straight to the MLB. You say took a little bit of time in Japan. Shohei played for the Japanese national team for a little bit. Um, but he is he he's younger. I think he actually Yeah, because cause he started playing in the Japanese baseball league when he was like, what is 2013, eight years ago, when he was 19. So he just made the jump over the majors recently. So did Yusei, but um, Yusei's a little more, I think he's older just by a little bit. Uh, Yusei spent more time in the um, Japanese league. So... Yeah. Looking at the MLB draft, we have the second round, or like not the second round, the second half of the draft coming at you here, 11 through Wait, 20. quick question. Why yeah. is the MLB draft just not a big deal? Like, all I know is I went on Instagram one day and everyone was oh. posting about it. And I was like, oh. You, um, you, you get them and they just don't play for a minute. <laughs> like, you do. Oh. Like so it's not as impactful as like the NBA or NFL draft, where nah, like, like you you don't see them touch the field for another couple of years, maybe even. Oh, it, it's a it's a so because because ba uh, baseball has the minor league system where you can kind of develop players into being in the MLB. Uh, you'll usually see them take a couple of years in the minors before they kind of rock it up. Like if you look at Kelnick, this guy we're all talking about and really excited for, I think he got drafted two years ago. So I mm. mean, they're Very products nice. that you, you draft uh, three years ago. Yeah. So you, you draft these guys either out of high school or out of the 
out of college, usually out of high school. And um, they can either decide to defer their draft and go to college and then try again in a later draft, or they sign with a team and then immediately get to work. So Kelnick signed, and I think he went straight to uh, Arkansas or Arizona to do some small ball and then finally got called up to Tacoma not too long ago. So it's like a really long extended process Whereas in the NFL, you get drafted, you're in, you know what I mean? Mm, Okay. Got you. So like throwing this out, someone like shortstop Ben Ramirez might never see him. You know what I mean? You just might never see him period. At least in the NFL draft, you'll see the guys around, like uh, looking at someone like Stone Forsythe, you'll see him in like week three, maybe. Someone like Ben Ramirez, you might not see him until twenty twenty three. It's 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 a it's a very extended process, so that's why I think it doesn't get as much um, buzz, you know. Because mm, it's just not as impactful. Got you. Yeah, at least immediately impactful. I mean, prospects are a huge part of baseball. That's kind of the part of baseball that the Mariners are hinging on right now. Um, however. It's not as exciting because you don't sign that guy that'll just turn your team around. Uh, you don't you don't sign a Patrick Mahomes day one. That being said, William Fleming at around eleven, he's a right hand pitcher. Round twelve, outfielder Casey Rosier. Round thirteen, shortstop Ben Ramirez. Sorry, Ben, I don't know why I mentioned you in particular. I just saw shortstop, and I know we have JP Crawford, but. I hope you make him uncomfortable. I hope you nip at his heels. Right-hand pitcher, round 14, Andrew Moore. Maybe related to Dylan Moore? Probably not. Pretty common last name. Round 15, third baseman, Cole Barr. Round 16, right-hand pitcher, Jimmy Joyce. 17, right-hand pitcher, Jimmy Kingsbury. Two Jimmys in a row, both right-hand pitchers. Round 18, Riley Davis. Round 19, Charlie Welch, catcher. Round 20, right-hand pitcher, Troy Taylor. Notes on why I'm saying this stuff like I'm the show announcers. I'm taking like a fat pause in between their first and last names. Notes on draft picks. Most high school picks, so a decent amount of these guys are probably high school picks, will head to Arizona for continued work. Many probably won't even see a baseball field, minor league, major league, or the other uh, this year. That's pretty common. Harry Ford, uh, excited or expected to sign soon. So this is a guy that they're expecting to have not an immediate impact, but they want him on the team. Uh, so he won't go to a different team. He won't go to a different college. He won't, you know, move around because that's pretty common too. You get drafted by a team. You never play for them. You just get traded. Um, so he's expected to sign with a team soon. That's pretty big. July 15th. Unfortunately, that's a hard name to say right after 15th. Hector Santiago's suspension is upheld. A 10-game suspension for mixing pine tar or uh, sweat and rosin. Um, He's the first player and only player so far to miss time from this uh, substance check. This is BS. The Astros never got suspended for anything, and Hector Santiago did for making a mistake. Uh, like literally a mistake. No malintent was had with him brushing his head and then pitching. I, he's not even like, he's not, okay, I, I, I'm starting to come down a tangent here, but he's not even like a lights out pitcher. He's good, but he's not like 
so good that this this changed his game to the point where he's he's a unstoppable pitcher for one game just because he accidentally used something kind of sticky. And I don't know. I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, but they handle it really wrong. It's like if a wide receiver made a really great one-handed catch and the refs were like, oh, let's see his gloves. But then they never checked what was on his gloves and they suspended him anyways. That's about where we would be at right now. This was an NFL thing. Sounds stupid. Very stupid. It's pretty stupid. Um, July 16th, uh, you guys already know this. We recalled Kalnick from Tacoma, brought him back up. We claimed Ryan Weber, right-hand pitcher, off of waivers from Milwaukee. July 17th, we actually um, let go of Will Vess. We DFA'd him on the 12th. And um, I think he went back over to Detroit. He, the player selected in the Major League portion of the Rule 5 draft must stay on Major League roster of the selected team. If the selecting team wants to move the player off the roster, the player must first be placed on waivers. If no other MLB team claims him, the player must then be offered back to the original club for one half of the Rule uh, section, Rule 5 selection fee. So we, we, we signed Will Vest, and then we released him, which isn't super allowed. So we have to put him on waivers to see if another team will take him. The Detroit Tigers obliged, and there Will goes. July 18th, Dylan Thomas gets recalled from AAA Tacoma. Fraley gets placed on the COVID IL after testing negative, tested positive. Fraley is not vaccinated. Come on, Jake. And we'll head to quarantine. Most of the players that were contact traced to Fraley tested negative or were already vaccinated. So go on the Mariners that are vaccinated. Big news is Mitch Hanniger was named American League Player of the Week. So good for you, Mitch. The MLB's usage of seven-inning doubleheaders, extra-innings runners are unlikely to become permanent. Our favorite lawyer and commissioner, Rob Manfred, said while speaking to reporters on Tuesday that those two rules are much less likely to be part of our permanent landscape. And those were a COVID-related change. So, Rob, why the hell were they still in use this year? What are you doing? Like... You're making rules and pulling them out of your ass like tissue boxes. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, looking ahead, we have the a series against the Rockies, just a two-game series, four-game series against the Athletics. Huge series. Huge series. If we can sweep them, which is a lofty pursuit, they're a good baseball team. But if we can sweep them, chances are we'll be uh, in the wild card spot, which feels weird to even say. And then on July 26th, we'll be playing the Astros. So that covers the 20th to the 26th. That's that six-game split right there. Now it's time to talk about Homs Seattle. Homs has your back in the loving big brother, big kind, brother of kind of way. Oh, we're saying at the same time? <laughs> is that what we're doing? Oh, Our goal is oh. to change, change the, the mental health conversation one heart one at a time. Go check out Homs, homs.com. It's a fantastic line. You'll love it if you love Mark oh. Gaskin. Uh, you'll love it there too. It just makes dope stuff. Like, first off, they have good intentions. Second off, everything they make is dope. So it's like a win win. Um, don't go to homs.com. I got that one wrong. I think it's actually like homseattle.com. Um, let me get that right because that could be wrong too. Hold on. Chuck didn't leave me the link. This is his fault more than anything. Damn it, Chuck. It is. Homseattle, right? Homseattle.com. 
Comseattle.com. Yes. Uh, I believe their summer line came out. They had some board shorts that came out that were really, really cool. I think they sold out, unfortunately. Um, however, if you look, they got all sorts of products. I'm a big fan of their hoodies. I'll be getting one probably more than less than they're making, they're making uh, shoes. Like, come on, bro. Hom Seattle. I'm gonna get a hoodie because it's it's coming around in fall time and like I'd be rocking hoodies every day, regardless. So uh they have a pride tea as well. They they got a lot of good stuff and uh highly recommend that. Um race and He's just been, he's put together a really amazing brand over there and put together a really amazing message. And I mean, the conversation about mental health and sports is as prevalent as ever. So, I mean, go check them out and support. And we're going into the Sounders. Omar, I think that's you. It is? No, I have the, I have the rain and then the storm. I mean, yeah, the Sounders, the Sounders. July 18th at Minnesota, the United football called they lost zero to one kind of sad uh player of the game i i believe in you <laughs> <laughs> mm. Bennett got this Bennett got this he got the power ideas i think with three shots two on target 94.7 percent pass percentage unbeaten streak snapped sounders currently missing nine players had to sign several tacoma defiance players to hardship contract to make the roster for game against minnesota so it kind of looks like we're a little bit down bad right now in the injury department yeah it's tough (laughs) like so currently we're eight five and one but we stand number one in the western conference and number one in mls and points with 29 and then uh, we have a game on July 22nd against the Austin Football Club and then July 25th versus Sporting Kansas City. Wow, these soccer teams have terrible names. Yeah, not, not very creative, are they? Not creative at all. I don't know what sounders mean, but it sounds cool. Uh, Pacific, the, the sound that we live on. Oh, the wall, sound. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I feel like just based off of like what I've been seeing, it seems like these injuries really are messing our stuff up right now. So hopefully we can get some players back because it would suck to see us just go down. Like, you know, you hate seeing your team lose because of injuries. Like it's different when your team loses because they're not good. But when they lose because of injuries, it just hurts a little bit more because, you know, that the potential is there. Uh, looking at the Seattle Storm, the WNBA is still in the Olympic break. But during the WNBA All-Star game, we had – Joel Lloyd with four points, two rebounds, two assists. Sue Bird with four points, eight assists, two rebounds. Brianna Stewart with a whopping 15 points, two assists, and three rebounds. Kind of kicking ass out there. So you love to see it. In injury news, though, forward Katie Lou Samuelson is out of the Olympics. The Storm forward and member of the 3 by 3 USA team tests positive for COVID-19. Las Vegas Aces Jackie Young will replace her. She's fully vaccinated. So it kind of seems like everyone should just go and get vaccinated so they don't have these problems, you know. Uh, currently standing at 16 and five, number one in the West and number one in the league. Looking ahead, we got games August 15th against the Chicago Sky, August 18th against New York Liberty, and August 20th against New York Liberty again. Uh, now it's time to talk about Maestro Athletics. Go check out Maestro Athletics. Uh, fantastic clothing brand. Both these clothing brands are just wow. Okay, Maestro Athletics, fantastic clothing brand. They just dropped off this dope hoodie that has like a a mix of all like the Seattle sports team logo in it, spelling out Maestro. And then looking at, it, I think they just dropped some Sonics hats too. Those are also looking really dope. So have a lot of cool stuff to look forward to when it comes to clothes in Seattle. 
gotta love the brands here. I mean, you, you really like it captures the essence of like the Seattle sports that everybody knows and loves. So especially Maestro, I like how they like for everything they do, they draw from it. Like, uh, I think a month back they dropped, a like a sort of Sonics collection where they had the shorts and tea. I thought that was dope too. So, you know, I love how they, uh, it's like only Seattle stuff, you know, it's like they have a specific Seattle look to it. And I mess with that. And a lot of their stuff is selling out pretty quickly. So you want to jump the gun on these and get these out, uh, as fast as you can. So go over to maestroathletics.com and buy up. Maestro. Maestro athletics. Is it maestro? I say yes. maestro. No, it's like, is it maestro? I think you can say both. I know, like, you want to be, actually, you know what? I've only ever said it in my head, so. Let's get in contact with them at some point. At some point. Get a real ad going. Um, Seattle Kraken are not active quite yet, but goodness gracious, folks, we couldn't be any closer to seeing them uh, make some moves. There's some expansion draft news. The team has assigned Chris Dreiger, the UFA undrafted free agent, I think, maybe. Goalie from the Florida Panthers. Nope, can be that. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> Kraken eyeing Carey Price, and that is a Canadian's goaltender, but uh, there's some hesitancy because of his hip injury that must have happened recently. Uh, July 19th, the Kraken could possibly flip Vladimir Tarasenko. Multiple teams are asking the Seattle Kraken if they will draft the blue winger and then trade him away for possibly a bigger package deal. That'd be an interesting move. An expansion draft is such uncharted territory in most sports, but I think the Kraken have the benefit of looking at the Golden Knights to see how to nail down that formula because that was not too long ago. Uh, the team is closing in on Dreiger, close to signing the Panthers goalie to a three-year, $3.5 million average annual value deal i don't know i said like a robot the team may also select carrie price who is um that other goaltender uh looking at the draft itself which is coming up in a whopping two days folks wednesday no that's coming out tomorrow by the time this comes out oh yeah tomorrow okay uh, so tune in for that. That's going to be huge. It's going to be like a historic moment for Seattle sports. So even if you can just watch the first couple picks, I'd implore you to do so just because we like live stream our reactions to the draft to get more. Dude, it's going to be so boring because we don't know Jack Diddley. <laughs> oh, yeah. nice. Never mind. Never mind. Bad idea. Um, the Seattle celebrities will announce uh, certain Seattle celebrities will announce Kraken's picks, including Marshawn Lynch, Sue Bird, the goat, <laughs> Macklemore, uh, Keir, the goat. Lenny Wilkins, Jordan. You said Macklemore was the goat. Wait, hold up. I said he was the Key Arena goat. Oh, Key Arena. Yeah, Key Arena goat. Key Arena goat. That's why I stuttered over it. Okay. Uh, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, Bobby Wagner, Kyle Lewis, Jerry Bruckheimer, a pretty big Hollywood producer. I'm sure you've seen one of his movies here or there. Uh, Cami Granado, who is a Kraken scout, among other, including frontline workers. So we're getting some. local hometown heroes in there along with the frontline heroes who um, really put their lives on the line and worked during the pandemic when a lot of the people were um, being protected by them. Looking ahead, the expansion draft again, that is in just one day, the 21st. So get your buckets of popcorn folks. Cause uh, we got a hockey team in just a couple days. I'm so excited to buy my first hockey Jersey. I don't know who it's going to be. Cause I won't know who's like good or like the stars or nothing, but like, I'm still excited. Like I really like the idea of a hockey jersey because they look. I mean, like so cool, and it's like, so, like you know, especially like I'm a fan of any jersey you can wear a long sleeve under. So I'm pretty much a fan of every jersey. Uh, but like 
in particular hockey jerseys look they look like they go stupid they look so comfy oh seriously bro you could probably sleep in a hockey jersey i swear to god i can't wait to see what uh maestro comes out with once they yeah that's gonna be rad it's gonna be cool but uh in more sports news we have the ol rain uh, they played the Chicago Red Stars July 18th with a loss, 1-3. to three. Player of the game, Bethany Bowser, with the one goal that we had. The team gives up two own goals. Is that proper English? Yeah, no, that, that means we scored on our own goal twice. What? Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. Team gives up two own goals, struggles in bizarre second half that sees them give up three goals. Kelsey Hedge made her NWSL in OL Reign debut in this match. In injury news, so we have the injuries on the day of the match, July 18th. We have Ellie Watt with her right knee and Rosie White with an illness. There's no questionables. And then on international duty, we have Megan Rapone. Oh, my God. Why did I get all the hard left names? Rapinoe. She's like a... Rapinoe? Hey, man. Rose, Lavelle, Angelina. Just Hold Angelina. on. Is it Rapino or Rapinoe? Now I'm, like, second-guessing myself. Nicole Mom. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Yeah, let me let me get there. I'm so sorry, guys. Maybe? I didn't want this section just because all the names were harder. I also Chuck just gave us the name Angelina. <laughs> right? No, Angel <laughs> Quinn. It just says Angelina Quinn. That must if be. You can't Angelina. tell. We're heavily missing Chuck right now. Please be back soon. <laughs> In team news, the team appealed the red card that Sarah. Oh my God. Buhati. Buhati. I know how. That Sarah Buhati was issued in the Kansas City match and were successful in the appeal. All disciplinary actions were rescinded. July 15th, Rain announced that they have brought back Laura Harvey as newly appointed head coach. Harvey previously coached the Rain for five seasons from 2013 to 2017. Her record was 51 wins, 33 losses, 26 draws. Earned NWSL Coach of the Year honors in 2014 and 2015. Will join Rain after Olympic Games in Tokyo as she will serve as an assistant coach for the U. U.S. Women's National Team. Ooh, this is a spicy quote. Quote from her press conference, let's fucking go. Let's just go and smash everybody. Nice. Hey, that's real uh, biting kneecap energy right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, look at the next name you have to say. Oral <laughs> <laughs> Reign has loaned Japanese international forward Nicole Momiki to Swedish... Hey, Chuck did this on purpose. Uh, let's try. Uh, Damos Svenskin side Linko Pings. Football club through December 31st, 2021. Team record and standing record. The record is 3-1-6. and six. Damn. Oof. Standing ninth in the league with 10 points. Damn. And, and looking ahead, uh, their next game is July 24th against Orlando Pride. Nothing. In Seattle Supersonics news, there is nothing. Very depressing. And but in please. Seattle Dragons news, nothing. But The Rock's going to be in Jungle Cruise. So maybe if you're in another mediocre movie, you can pay for our football league. Thank you. And in um, UW Athletics, since Chuck's not here, uh, go Cougs. Come on, man. Go whoa, Cougs. Oh, hey. I don't, <laughs> even, I, like, I don't even agree with that. The hell? Huh? I'm, excited. I'm excited. I always get excited. I see why people like college football more because it's like you have a more personal relationship with the players. Like when you see people like, you know, and they go on to like play for like your hometown team, you kind of care more. Uh, Like Gardner Minshew. That's not our hometown team. He's not. I was was talking about like all the like the like Oday Oday guys. You dub and then like, you know, all the Eastside Catholic guys. We 
Like it's just it's nice to see. It's nice. To I'll see. tell you one thing. If I think since you just said go Cougs, if the Cougs lose by more than twenty in the Apple Cup, you gotta buy a Mishael Powell jersey from the. I was. I was. Oh, for you? Nah. Yeah. Sure. I'll. I'll wear it for the from the Husky store. He's he's got twenty three right now, so I'm messing with it. I'm messing with it. Oh shit, that's a great number. It's a great number, right? That's a fucking fantastic number. But uh, I think that's sort of the show. Yeah, no, that's the show. Uh, hopefully, Chuck is back next week. He was dealing with a lot of uh, vocal issues today. Said he could yeah. barely speak. Uh, we're actually supposed to go over there later to help wipe his tears and bring him some snacks. Yeah, give him like hot chamomile tea with honey in it and kiss him on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, that you know, brotherhood things, brotherhood stuff. But uh, I guess yeah. Until next time, we will see you guys next later. Ah, oh, God, come on! All right, cut it there. Baba Booey.